Well, good morning. It is January the 26th, Friday, in the year of our Lord, 2024. I'm John David Walt, and this is your Wake Up Call. Let's begin today with a prayer of consecration. Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Jesus, I belong to you. I lift up my heart to you. I set my mind on you. I fix my eyes on you. I offer my body to you as a living sacrifice. Jesus, we belong to you. And we're praying in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today's entry is entitled, Walking the Fasting Road from Judea to Galilee. Our text is John chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Hear now the word of the Lord. Now he had to go through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Word of the Lord Now consider this. Why did Jesus have to go through Samaria? Let's back up the text a few verses. Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although in fact it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. That's verses 1 and 2. Jesus was going back to Galilee. Apparently, he wants nothing to do with the church industrial complex, ancient or present day, which seems to be a competition between the Pharisees and the disciples of John, primarily concerned with whose movement is growing the fastest and reaching the most people. Jesus is about a different kind of movement altogether. He calls it the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and my church, and my father's house. The text tells us this is why Jesus was going to Galilee, but not why he had to go through Samaria. Jews didn't go through the defiled land of Samaria. They had a well-worn path around Samaria to get back and forth between Judea and Galilee. 
Despite this, the text clearly tells us now he had to go through Samaria. Jesus was doing something clearly off the map here. But why? It's the same reason he did everything else he did. Jesus was working off of a completely different map than the Pharisees and the disciples of John, or anyone else for that matter. Let's jump forward to the next chapter of John's Gospel, where we will get a picture of what the map of Jesus looked like. From John 5, Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his Father doing, because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all he does. Look now a few chapters ahead, and behold this from John chapter 8. So Jesus said, When you have lifted up the Son of Man on the cross, then you will understand that I am He. I do nothing on my own, but say only what the Father taught me. Look yet a few chapters further, and behold this from John chapter 12. I don't speak on my own authority. The Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. And I know his commands lead to eternal life. So I say whatever the Father tells me to say. These are extraordinary glimpses into the secret life of Jesus' relationship with his Father and how that secret life leads to demonstrations of public love, which is power, of extraordinary consequence. If we would follow Jesus, we must pay close attention to how this secret life is cultivated and carried out. It comes through a hidden life of fasting and prayer, humbly lived out in plain view. Why did Jesus have to go through Samaria? Because his father told him to go through Samaria. He had a divine appointment with a woman at a well. It turns out he carried hunger all morning, and he would carry it right through lunch. How do we know? Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? And here's the kicker. In parentheses, verse 8, His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. Jesus was fasting as a means of staying deeply attuned to what his father was doing and saying. He had a different GPS than everyone else. He was carrying hunger as an intercessory act of love for a woman the rule said he shouldn't even talk to. It would turn out to be one of the most consequential conversations in world history with a woman who would turn out to be one of the most consequential figures in the New Testament church. All of this because he was paying attention, because he was fasting and praying as he walked the long road from Judea to Galilee. 
and he heard the voice of his father saying words like Samaria, woman, well, and go. Meanwhile, back at the grocery store, his disciples were getting lunch. <laughs> Look what transpired upon their return. Just then, his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want? Or, why are you talking with her? Look what they said instead. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Let this last exchange settle over us now as we prepare to embark on our path today between the Judea and Galilee of our world. We might find Samaria is just around every corner. The prayer of transformation, Lord Jesus, teach us to fast and pray. I confess, you have food that I know nothing about. I want to know that food. I want to learn to savor and eat that food. I long to hunger and thirst for righteousness in the way I hunger for food and thirst for drink. Train my spirit to embrace hunger as a gift of divine attunement and not treat it as a problem that must be solved. Holy Spirit, would you displace my appetite? Would you disconnect my hunger from the never-ending eating of more food for my stomach and connect my hunger to enjoying more and more of your presence in my soul. I believe this is possible. Show me the next step on this path, even a baby step. I want to take it. What could be better than walking in this world as Jesus walks? Doing the things he is doing. Saying the things he is saying. Talking to the people he is talking to. Loving my family the way he is loving them. Praying in Jesus' name. Amen. The question, have you ever made this connection to fasting in this story of Jesus with the woman at the well? What do you see and hear in it? Do you ever find yourself thinking things like, well, that's Jesus and I'm me, so this really doesn't apply? Hint, that's bad thinking. Do you want to know about the food Jesus says we know nothing about? And for our hymn today, we're going to sing... Um, we're going to sing a song we used to sing a lot on Fridays, and we'll follow it with a 
couple of choruses. We're going to sing Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus, and then we're going to sing Praise the Name of Jesus, and then we're going to sing He is Lord. Guys, it's going to be a medley, a holy medley of three little choruses that you know by heart, and we're going to sing from the heart. You ready? We'll sing them one time through. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. He's my rock. He's my fortress. He's my deliverer. In him will I trust. Praise the name of Jesus. He is Lord. He is Lord. He is risen from the dead. And he is Lord. Every knee shall bow, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Well, gang, Sowers for a Great Awakening is Friday. I don't know about you, but I'm already behind schedule. But the crazy thing, guys, when you're following Jesus, even if you're behind or way off your schedule, you're going to be right on time. He's <laughs> never early. He's never late. He's always right on time. And if you're following him, we're going to be right on time. And, and you know, he's going to take us around corners that we didn't think we would go on. He's going to bring us into encounters with people we wouldn't have imagined as the day began. But we got to be paying attention. And I don't want you to hear me here saying that, well, if you're not fasting, you're you know, you're sleeping late, you're, you're, you're phoning it in, that's not what I'm saying. See, that's just another sort of form of, just sort of shame-oriented legalism. That's what the Pharisees were about. This is a journey, right? It's a lifelong journey, and it's one that's lived out in secret, and fasting, I'm really trying to break. I'm trying to crush legalism and say, you know, I think we've been doing it wrong. Which is why, it, really, if I look at my own life, it's why I hadn't been doing it. Because I just, like, gave up on doing it wrong. 
But Jesus is, he's always saying, hey, get back up, dust yourself off. Let's go it again. Why don't you try it my way? Why don't you take the easy yoke? Why don't you watch me? Why don't you learn how I do it? And I, I look at this story that we, we just walked through. That's how he does it. He's just walking along the road. Pretty long walk. And he's carrying hunger. He's not looking, you know, particularly spiritual probably. But his hunger enables his attunement to be diverted away from his stomach into his spirit and his soul. His inmost being is able to have a more clear connection to Abba Father as he's walking along the road, as he's talking to his disciples. He's just more present to the presence. And isn't that what it's about? And as a result of carrying hunger, he carries authority. He carries authority in another way because it's love. I don't know. You, We just need to kind of just watch that story unfold. This is about beholding him. And, and even the Holy Spirit will teach us things in our beholding that we'll just start becoming. We don't even, it's not from trying harder. It's from leaning in more deeply. Getting back there to, you know, Mary. Is Friday going to be like Martha, worried and upset about many things, keeping her eyes on Mary? Comparing Mary to herself? Or are we just going to get down there next to Mary at the feet of Jesus today? And uh, not maybe be so worried about our schedule. Let's concern ourselves with what may be on his agenda for today. All right, let's leave it there this morning. It's going to be a good day. The Lord has made this day. We're going to start off rejoicing in it. Get your seeds. I've got mine. I'll see you on the field. And we'll be back tomorrow with a Holy Spirit story. I'm thinking about telling another one of my Holy Spirit stories on fasting. And uh, look forward to seeing you then. For The Awakening, I'm J.D. Walt. We hope that today's entry challenged and encouraged you. And thanks for listening to The Wake Up Call, powered by Seedbed. Be sure to share this with a friend. Leave us a rating and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Find out more and join the movement by visiting our website at seedbed.com slash wakeupcall. 